Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. There's no business like show business. Oh, and away we go. You need to leave. <laughs> Already? There's your opening. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not cutting any of this. (laughs) Hello again, and welcome to the Art and Business of Community Theater, also known as the Monroe Community Players Podcast, featuring your favorite, the Green Room Groupies. I'm your de facto host, David War, and looking around the Green Room, I see... Brian Burchett Ross. Ron Roberts. Robert Yeoman. Kathleen McBee. And thank you, and welcome again to everybody. Um, we've all introduced ourselves on previous episodes, so once again, Kathleen's with us. We're, we're always happy to have her, and we aren't really as happy to have Brian, who's, who has, if you were listening to the last episode, he's doing a little better now, um, but if you hear the occasional cough in the background, he is still recovering from his non-contagious mystery disease that has about to infect us all. It's just bronchitis. <laughs> just bronchitis. Only. It's only bronchitis. He's still alive, so that's the good news. I made it. Yep. Uh, so far. So, <laughs> which is a good thing, because... You're all tuned in for exactly the thing you've been waiting for, part three of Brian's Broadway Melody. I don't know what we're calling it. Brian's Broadway Trilogy. trilogy the trilogy. Um, so we can hear about the show that did almost do Brian in. It did. Um, because it was so, so hilarious. Take it away, Brian. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> I just never gets old. Never gets old. It doesn't. I love that. Never gets old, Jeff. Uh, yes, our final show again off Broadway was the play that goes wrong, uh, which is a uh, play that actually has toured for a long time. I think. How many? Who who here has seen it? I've seen it. I saw it in Detroit. Ron's seen it. Dave saw it in it. Detroit. Too. I'm a proponent on the. Uh, YouTube versions of it. On the show, that goes the wrong, show, show goes wrong. Yeah. And okay. So you've seen those. What goes wrong with the Christmas Carol and Peter Pan? Right. Right. Uh, nope. And and Kathleen hasn't. Nope. Never seen it. <laughs> this is a show that from freaking funny from the moment. In fact, I have pictures of of this show where the cast is actually on the show. They're doing the show already, and I didn't realize the show had begun because. Yep. Because, yeah. you know, it starts with them trying to fix the set, and I'm thinking, oh, they're just messing around. So I'm taking pictures right and left, and all of a sudden, David, like, grabs my husband, grabs my arm, and says, I think we're in the middle of the show. I'm well, like, we are? Because it, it starts about 15 minutes ahead of time. Ours started about 10. Yeah, 10. Yeah, about 10 minutes ahead of time. It's a pre show. Yeah. Um, and they actually in, uh, had an audience member. I don't know if they did it on the touring thing, but they have an audience member because basically, folks, this show is exactly what the title says. The, sh- the play that goes wrong. Anything and everything that could go wrong goes wrong. Um, it starts off with a set that isn't even totally built yet. Uh, there are pieces of, of the flooring that they're still trying to put down. Uh, the... the uh, Stage crew is trying to fix a the uh, the mantelpiece on the fireplace because that's fallen off, and they bring in an act. They bring in a, a, a 
person from the audience to hold it while they're trying to work on it. And and I know none of this is familiar to anyone involved in community theater. <laughs> no, not at all. It's as if no, things no. were waited till the last minute. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it, it's it's, it's the, the, the play within the play, basically, yeah. is a, a murder mystery, just one of your old-fashioned Agatha Christie sort of murder mysteries. Uh, but... It, it, I, you know, I don't want to say too much about it because if you get a chance, and it's touring everywhere from what it sounds like, go see this show because you will laugh so hard. And 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 what Dave has been alluding to uh, this this time and last time is. I got to the point I was laughing so hard I couldn't breathe and I literally I my heart went into like that arrhythmia thing where I could not and as I'm walking out I'm like grabbing the wall and Dave was like are you all right and I said no I think I have to sit down here in this dirty <laughs> the dirty cement because I thought I was going to pass out because I could not get my heart back because wow. I laughed I I have never I had I can't remember the last time I laughed that hard You watch it on YouTube and you've got to pause about it did they actually oh my god that's funny Exactly Okay it, so but it's, so with that in mind mm-hmm. how was it with the laughter and how did they did they break properly so you didn't miss anything yeah. Yes. No, because I'm oh, always yes, backing does. up the TV. I'm like, what yeah. did they say? Yeah. What was no, that? No, no, you no. Don't, show, can't do that. The show itself is probably only 15 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, the laughter is <laughs> yeah. an hour and a half. The rest is all laughter. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, that um, explains. Mop buckets were out in the audience. It it's it's it it is it goes so horribly bad, and 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 it's so funny because. As I said yesterday at, at rehearsal, because uh, as we mentioned in the last show, Ron is directing the the next show, and we and myself and Dave and Kathleen have been uh, lucky enough to be cast in the show, and we are. Uh, there were moments when we were rehearsing where we kept going back and and or day one of us kept saying the same line yeah. and there's a moment in that show and that lasts about ten minutes where one of the actors cannot get past that one line so he keeps going back to it and everybody else has to keep repeating what they're doing and it just builds into this horrible frustrated where and that's i think when my when that kicked in because i could not when they did it the seventh time you think three and funny no this seven times and you're still laughing your butt off oh my god uh this was probably next to hades town my favorite show this was number two on my list um it 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 was it's an a it's a solid a uh from beginning to end uh it just now i will say this for if it ever goes out on the community theater uh oh Thing, I don't it is think. a nightmare because, folks, we're talking. Not only does the set collapse at, at certain points, uh, and there's a two. It's a two layer, two not two layer, but two two level, two, two level set. Two yeah, two tier, two level. Uh, you know, the second level is like halfway leaning down, and people are trying to keep props and and set pieces on there. But then the lighting, the lighting tracks start collapsing and you've got actors swinging off those lights it is you would have everybody would have to sign some kind of a of a release release thank you saying you know if i get hurt in this it's nobody's fault uh i cannot imagine i well uh, never say never uh, a good dedicated community theater group with a director who will make their actors do anything uh, couldn't could do this, but mm-hmm. it it would be a lot of technical technical the, work. The technical, I agree with you. Having seen it, the two welders, the the research or the 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 resources required to do the technical, and, and again the safety. I 
can't imagine the insurance writers needed for it. <laughs> yes. Um, but but it, it seems to be part to me of a genre because um, Noises Off is very much about you know things that go wrong during the play. Right. Um, but because of the cast, there's another one I remember seeing years and years and years ago on public television called uh, Footlight Frenzy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there's a subgenre of these are shows. And here's how theaters what can happen wrong in the theater, and I think Brian's reaction. As funny as it was for the regular audience, you know, the, the theater goers, for those of us on the inside yeah. who have been on the other side of the proscenium, so mm-hmm. to speak, who know what does go wrong on a regular basis of a show, yes. to, to see it played out this way, it's like, you know, because you're thinking, the grace, for the grace of God, there, there goes us. Yeah. Amen. And, 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 and truly, as I just stated, that, that whole scene where he just kept repeating and the guy had to been keep there. slogging stuff into his face because he kept the scene kept repeating. Yeah, we've all been to that moment where it's like somebody hit hit this because we're you know, like a record player that keeps skipping. Somebody and, figure out how to move us forward. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I, this, that was the highlight. And it did. It darn near killed me. But it was it was uh, hilarious. But what it a way to go. What a way it, to go. It would be. I, you know, who, who doesn't want to die laughing? Um, now, it's not you. a musical, right? There's no, no music. No, 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 no. Okay. It's not a musical. This was a straight a straight play. Did they have a scene where somebody just froze, like totally blanked out, couldn't remember their line, and they were shuffling around? Or? Oh, well, you know, there's, well, okay, I'll tell you this. There's, there one of the... I'm just laughing thinking about it. I'm sorry. The, the, there's uh, the scene where the uh, lead actress, uh, well, actually, first you're introduced to a backstage of... Uh, a backstage hand and she's trying to she's got her book and you see her every once in a while trying to clean things up as the show's going on and towards the back but then the main actress in this show uh gets at some point gets hit and knocked unconscious so they just take this <laughs> other this other girl with the you know who's been working backstage and who is totally you can tell terrified from the very beginning of even being on stage and they throw her out there with the script and so then she yeah so then yeah there are moments where she just sits there and looks at the audience like why am i even here and then of course at one point she loses the script it goes flying everywhere so then she's just got to start making stuff up i mean it, it 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 is the play that goes wrong and it everything that you could think of in a community theater we've experienced probably 99 percent of them that goes wrong goes wrong horribly to the to the extreme on this yeah, i recall at the end of act one it's like how can they go even further and then they do <laughs> and then they really do um, yeah what, what's kind of fascinating about this kind of genre of shows of course because nobody on the stage you're seeing it, it you know we're talking broadway or even off broadway they were all equity actors yeah. the real there was still another real stage manager real prop hands and other support people behind it because the only people we were really seeing were technically actors even though they were playing non-actors and so, so when you start thinking kind of that whole meta uh layering right you know, it's a show within a show within a show Wow. Now, what I did find interesting also was because it was such a small theater and, and very intimate. And again, there will be pictures on the on um, on our web our Facebook page on this uh, that I did catch when people were getting hit by the doors or or were getting struck by something. I did catch how they would slam their hand and not you know 
I, I got to see those moments, which if it had been a huge theater, you probably would have missed and it would have looked a little bit yeah. more. But it did. I don't think it detracted mm-hmm. because it's supposed to be a community theater group putting on a bad show. So it made sense to be able to see those, you know, it's like, oh, they're not really trying to hide this, are they? And No, they're not because they're not really good at what they do. Although those actors were brilliant at what they did. Really? Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, time, the timing alone. Oh, yeah. and, and kind of, and what's interesting, so the play that goes wrong, if things had really gone wrong, not only would people get hurt. Um, oh, yeah. But it would have destroyed the play. Oh, yeah. Because, um, again, I saw a production of Noises Off from a group that shall not be named. Um, that w- It wasn't us. <laughs> 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 that, that things went wrong technically that shouldn't have gone wrong. You know, doorknobs flying off into the audience and things like that. And the part of the fun of the show is that things go wrong and noises off, but it's like you can tell when things are actually going wrong. Yeah. Yes. You, you want to be sure, of course, in reality, that everybody, the things that are going wrong are what you have planned to go wrong. Yeah. Um, well, so. It's probably depictive of theater in general because no matter what you're up against and whatever obstacles happen or goes wrong, the show still happens. Right, right. You know? and, right. And clearly part of their whole motivation is the show must continue. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, if you, ever, if you get a chance, like I said, it tours, it apparently is touring a lot of places, you get a chance to see it, go see it, because it, you, it's just so funny. It's just so funny. You, you can't describe how funny it is, in my opinion. Yeah. You got to experience that. Um, to and, keep an eye out for then. And on a, you agree, Ron? Yes, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. Um, but, uh, I had to wake him up. I'm in the newsroom. <laughs> uh, but I also want to, uh, before before I say goodbye and, and my my uh, trilogy of, of uh, what I've seen on Broadway. Bonus content. Bonus content. Uh, we also did uh, buy tickets and went to the newly opened uh, Broadway Museum, or Museum of Broadway. Uh, if you are a fan of theater, and if you are a fan of the history of theater, it is well worth the money. And it's about 40 to 50 bucks uh, a, a ticket. Wow. Um, but it is well worth it. Uh, if if you're not, if you're just kind of like a passing, it's a passing thing, probably not. Uh, but there was enough there, and I, I was surprised at how much content they did have. Uh, but there's enough there to uh, to entertain a true theater uh, a theater lover. I was I even loved the room that was dedicated truly um, all to Oklahoma. I even got a kick out of that room. Uh, it was it was good. Now it wasn't as good as the room dedicated to rent, in my opinion, but uh, it you know it was uh, it was good. So if you're uh, if you're in New York and you are a true theater lover and a historian, a theater historian, uh, check it out. They have uh, playbills from the originals of Noises Off of uh, of uh, Glass Menagerie. Uh, just it's just amazing what they what they've collected and costumes and the costumes that they had for phantom of the opera including oh, the yeah. cape i thought of you bob <laughs> i thought of you my friend because they had the the original cape and the mask and then they had the chandelier that that they had used um they they i can't remember i can't think of the word they used d d i want to say decompressed it but whatever but it's they took that chandelier and it was all just the crystals hanging down. But when you stood in a certain spot, 
the crystals were moving. These these little ropes crystals were moving, and all you saw was you could see through these crystals the outline of the actual mask. So it was there was some Ooh, there was some really cool doggy. moments. Yeah, yeah, I th- that whole room I thought of you. Um, so anyway, and then there was a room full for, for just producers, including the door. Uh, you know, the, the, the it, it was just great. But anyway, that's my last little thing. Uh, check it out if you are a true uh, theater lover. Okay, well, thank you, Bob. Bob, thank you, Brian. <laughs> um, we'll have to send you back to uh, New York whenever we can afford to. Oh. <laughs> and I'm out of here. <laughs> that gives me an idea for all that extra players paraphernalia we have. You know, we always want to hold on to this because it's a show. No, we don't. We we should have our own museum. This was in, that was from. What I kept trying to do was put it around the the space, but people keep cleaning it out. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I had a little corner for Gilligan's Island. I had, but it's like, I I think we just got to kind of keep putting a paraphernalia around and we can even make a game with our audience. You know, what show was this from? You may think this is just a clock, but you may still. Yes, you are. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you are. Um, but but yeah, so I you know we, you. we hang hang the portraits from Harvey and and all that and and uh, um, I think we could do that. Huh. But anyway, but yeah, absolutely. You know, and you know, I think other theaters don't be afraid to show off the the favorite stuff. Um, you know, if you're not going to use it for a show again, find a place of honor for it. If it's something that a show you're particularly proud of. Granted, some generation will come along later and say, what the heck is this thing doing here? But, you know, that's their problem, not yours. <laughs> yeah. You'll be long gone by then. <laughs> yeah. uh, or, you know, you just stick around and say, no, don't touch that. That's my... That was my third cousin from the left-hand side of my mama that donated that suitcase. Yeah. Don't you throw that away. Well, I'm not going to say how many shows that darn paper chicken turkey thing and the funny thing is is when i made it i didn't paint the back end because i didn't think it, i painted it specifically for a christmas pit or um so that could be like our phantom chandelier christmas. yes christmas. yes yeah. stand yeah. from this side and watch how it turns into a painted turkey <laughs> round mm. uh. <laughs> well thank you brian but yeah thanks again good job um, and we should talk about things that are coming up that we do still hope to um i think we've made the decision we will not be participating with act fest this year as, as a group, which, which is a shame because we have uh, done it for so many years uh, but we still want to get a group together and go and report from that um uh, for everybody uh so that's coming up again on march 17th so we will keep Saint informed Day. Um, it's being held by our friends in Owasso at the, oh, I can't, I've lost my mind, <laughs> um, at, the, at, at the Lebowski Theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's something that is coming up in, in plenty of time here. Beautiful um, theater. Other folks oh, yes. are seeing other things. Oh, yes. uh, Kathleen, you said you're going to go off to the Downriver Actors. Yep, next Sunday I'm going to see uh, uh, Sister Act. So Kathleen will be back to talk about that show and how well that can be pulled off with the community theater. Is that a popular show? I've never heard of that. <laughs> never heard of it? Well, this well, is how I get invited back. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Always welcome back. And the, if, I don't know about you folks, but it, I, it does my heart good. Whenever I look around online, it seems that theater is, you know, we've been saying it for a while, but it is back. I can't tell you how many shows right now are going on in uh, Southeast Michigan and Northwest Ohio. Um, everybody's doing something, so we're quite excited about that. <clears throat> and and so I hope that that's true in your area as well. Which kind of leads us 
haphazardly um, <laughs> to today's topic. Well, something that occurred to me while, well, believe it or not, listening to a podcast that Brian has suggested called The Real Brady Bros. Oh. Um, which which is exactly what it sounds like. It's uh, two of the actors from the Brady Bunch, uh, Barry Williams and Christopher Knight, talking about their memories of being on the Brady Bunch. But one of the things that they shared with me, or with me, <laughs> personally, talking, talking with me personally. Well, one of the things they that were the, sharing it with me first. Isn't that the power of podcasts? Though you you think you're having a personal conversation. Yes. Um, like I'm having with you right now. Yes, yes. You there in the car? I see you. Be careful. Screech, they keep just went keep off your the eyes on the car keep your eyes on the road. There's an accident ahead. Um, <laughs> but, you ever seen my mother the car? This is how it started. But um, Barry Williams talked about when his son was young, how he watched one of the reruns of uh, Brady Bunch, one of the Hawaiian episodes, and got scared for his father because he could, there was a big bad man who was trying to, who he thought was going to hurt his father, which made me flash back a little to an experience that my sister had uh, related to me when we did our production of Mice and Men. Spoiler, so you may want to skip ahead 15 seconds if you've never seen or read Mice and Men, uh, of Mice and Men. Um, so at the end, I was playing Lenny, and um, George puts a gun to my head, and of course that gun goes off, and she said, I hated that moment, I couldn't stand it, because it took me out of the moment. I couldn't see you playing the character there, I just saw somebody with a gun to my brother's head. Aww. And so that makes, I know it sounds sad, but that's not my point to be sad. <laughs> but it brings me to the point of, Sometimes I think we, the collective we, forget the power of theater. Mm. And the power of theater relies not just on what we bring to the stage, but what the audience brings to the stage. And we've talked a little about what's wrong with audiences, but I think we should talk about a little about what's right with audiences. And, and I don't think we've discussed this before, but when we are doing things like set design, costume design, it seems to me a lot of groups and a lot of people, including our own perhaps, are concerned about recreating reality on the stage mm -hmm. in the sense of actually, oh, this scene calls for a living room. We've got to have these things that exist in a living room so people understand it. I'm thinking that we keep, when we do that and we work hard, because the reality is we're never going to make it look like an actual living room. There's a wall missing. At the very least. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many living rooms you folks have, but in most living rooms I go to, the couch is against the wall, not in the middle of the, the floor. <laughs> and, and don't yeah, don't look at me that way. You know every single one of you. You place that couch in the middle of the stage. <laughs> with a lamp. With a lamp it. next to it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yep. that, that's how it works. Mm -hmm. um, that's how it works on stage, right? Sure, sure. Um, there's space. You know, there's, Let's fill it. You know, um, I think not as many of us have as many plants in our house as we think. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's got live plants. Live plants that show up in the middle of dress rehearsal. Um, but but I think so. So the question I have today for the groupies is: At what point do you take a show and decide, hey, this show doesn't need the realism of a background? We're going to focus on the action and the story. Hmm. And at what point do you need a realistic show? Brian just gave a report on uh, the play that goes wrong. That needs a very full, complete set uh -huh. because mm -hmm. the joke is the set. Yeah, it's part of it, yes. We it's are now in production, which may be passed by the time this podcast airs, of A Bench in the Sun. Mm -hmm. The set really calls for a bench. And it's sitting in a park. The original set design had a few plants and trees, a garbage can. 
but the reality is you don't need a lot of set you know we don't need to recreate vistas of central park because we're just sitting on a bench mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. this show we don't need as much and and might i say because it will be ready um uh, by the time they hear this love letters love letters is even more scarce uh that's the show we'll be doing after this uh and that just needs two actors and a table yep that's it uh, two chairs well two chairs Oh. Two chairs, two uh, yes, uh, two actors and a table, and and everything else should be pitch black. Yep. Well, and and that, that's interesting too because um, I, I got to refer back to my friend Larry Nielsen over at Twin City Players. Hi, Larry. I don't know if you I, I saw was, that comment. Saw his comment. I saw that he's, comment. He's interested to see what we do with it because they did something a little different for their their production. They did. Um, but again, it's the kind of thing you can do as much and as little as you want. Yeah, but it's what's interesting in this, and Ron can back me up on this. Um, on, in love letters, it, it's it, the the av, the the author says at the very end, "Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't build a set. Don't do any of that. This is what is works. It is a table. It is chairs. It is the actors, and it is nothing else." It's even so specific that that he requested there not be water on stage for the actors to drink. Yeah, really. Yes, well, and that, it threw me. Inhuman. It threw me as well to to read it, but after I read the show and saw those notes, it made sense as to why he made the decisions that he made. Yeah. Um, well, now he, that doesn't mean you you have to do right. it his way, but yeah. But that was that was the playwrights. Mm-hmm. He was extremely notes. specific on what. When again, be. from as a playwright from his um, his side, it's about the. St- the words. It's about the words. And well, the, and there's the very little movement well, there's in no that movement. show. Yeah, there's you no movement in their reading. And there, that, I think, comes into play mm-hmm. is how do you, where are you trying to transport your audience to? And how do you get them there? If uh, the play is going to allow them to use a lot of their own imagination, yeah, I'd say very minimalist. You know, if it's that strong and there's not a lot of action and you're really wanting them to focus on the words and stuff. But if there's action, if you want to bring them where you're at, how do you do that? How do you find that proper balance? Dave? Well, that, that's, I think, the question I'm asking as well. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, where, where is the balance? Because I, I think... One of the issues with the balance is, is I like I say, I think sometimes we spend so much time worrying about the set oh, yeah. that we forget that the audience is our best set builder. Mm-hmm. They're a huge part of it. Yes. So, so, for example, when we're doing Shakespeare, I personally, when I direct Shakespeare, I try to focus almost completely on the actors. If I can do a couple costumes that I usually set as the period that the play is written in, for example, um, so I'm not doing the Renaissance period necessarily that it, or the, the Elizabethan period that everybody likes to see Shakespeare done in, um, which is just, you know, that was just a, established in, what, the eight, 19th century maybe, um, that, you know, I try to do it, here's what Shakespeare's, the time he was envisioning, um, so you try to set it like that, but the, I try not to worry about the backdrops. Well, I think that was very successful with Lear. Right. There's a whole scene with, okay, it calls for a big open plane, so we just put up the big empty stage. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we put a tree in um, just just to imply that he's outdoors. Um, But that's all we needed. You know, the wind noise and everything, we did do some wind noise there to kind of suggest that he's just out there. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but but I think so. Sometimes now a show like uh, Christmas Carol, for example, that we just did, again, the 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 thought is, we, well, we got to create Scrooge's counting house. We got to create Scrooge's bedroom. Well, maybe you just need the desk to create the counting house. Maybe you just need a bed, because the reality is that show the scenes change so quickly. Mm-hmm. You're not going to necessarily go to a schoolroom. You're doing, um, you know, the 15 different places that Scrooge goes in the course of one night. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I think you have more liberty to take a minimalist set, but just give the audience here's enough to suggest what's going on. Mm-hmm. Or they have their programs. It's Act Three. Okay, they're at the counting house. Yes. Act Four. Mm-hmm. Though I think I would argue by that point, I'm hoping they're not looking at their yeah, programs yeah. <laughs> um, because they're so engrossed with the show. Uh, but but most people, to your point, Bob, I think you know they're looking at the programs ahead of time. They know what's coming up. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, this summer when we saw um, Macbeth on Broadway, it was very very minimal. It was very minimalistic as well. You had a back wall that looked like a, a stone wall. And then they had and they moved it. And they had chairs and a table, which the table represented the dining room table. It represented the deathbed of the king. It you know it just then that's all they needed. So so, so except that, for that cooking spot, which was weird. But yeah, um, but but again, it's it's what can you what do you need? How much do you need to really suggest to the audience? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think given the right show, you just need to suggest a little. Most musicals today, you go see a musical. And you know, we, when we saw Dear Evan Hansen, when we, uh, you know, you've seen other shows, <laughs> um, uh, you know, come from away, come from away, very basic. Yeah. You know, here's a few trees to suggest that we're on this remote island, and and here's a table and some chairs. But, you know, get yourself a turntable. I think you're way ahead of the game. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I, I saw a production of Music Man um, at Croswell not terribly long ago it seems like forever now but i think it was only a couple of years um you know they brought a few houses in and out as they needed but you know we never had the full town mm-hmm. um but then again when we're doing a play like uh you can't take it with you that takes place in a in a in a living room maybe that's when you want to build the whole living room yeah. because it, it never changes but again i would say but only if you're trying to set a certain time and space mm-hmm. You know, because a show like Can't Take It With You, which was written in the 30s, sure. probably works best in that time period. You want to show what a house might look like in the 30s. Same as Arsenic. Yeah, but where you have more timeless pieces, eh, maybe that's not as big a concern. Same with Arsenic. Or, frankly, something like A Noise Is Off, where you have X number of doors that you need to work with. Oh, uh, in, any any number of those farces. Yeah, those farces, uh, yeah. Slamming Bedroom door. farces and that, yeah, you've got to have the... Well, you don't even want... Even Natalie needs a nighty. Yeah, you don't want to see you know, the people coming and going from the doors. You just want to mm-hmm. see the doors opening the surprise, surprise. Right. Well, and I think, too, if you have a more minimal set, you might have more requirements in sound and lighting. To help bring I can see that. people yeah. to where you're trying to get them. You know, like you said, the wind that you used in Lear, you know, those things to help people visualize where they're at because they're not going to look at their program. Hopefully, they're not looking at their program to try and figure out where you're at. at Hopefully, point. you're reaching them with what you're putting on stage. Yeah. Right. What was it like on our town? We're basically, and here's some back, here's some setting. For those who need to have some setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a few pieces. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because we didn't even have, I mean, we had tables and chairs. Yeah. You know, everything was pantomimed. Well, and that was uh, the Toledo Reps production not a while ago. Everything's, and the script calls for everything to be pantomimed. Mm-hmm. In fact, in some ways, no offense to my friends at the Toledo Rep, I love working with you. I hope you cast me again someday. Maybe not after this. Um, 
I thought the set design was a little distracting because they had that kind of pile of chairs mm -hmm. that never left the stage. Well, once the play got going, I didn't need to see that pile of chairs anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And Especially I, since they were never used. I don't know if she put yeah. it in her notes, hmm. um, but those chairs were all collected from the side of the road on oh, a, a dump day. There was a whole story behind that. those chairs. No. And so those chairs all came out of people's homes. People sat around these chairs and had their dinners and their conversations. And I thought that was so key when she explained that as the director. But I don't think she put it in her notes. I don't yeah. think she that, shared that. That actually would have made a difference. Yeah, yeah it would have. Yeah, been. definitely. So because every time like, I see oh, a chair. there's a pile of chairs. Yeah, every time I see a chair on the side of the road, I think of our town. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> uh, because that, that has some meaning. That's that's kind of, you know, that's deep there. I feel that way when I see a empty Bud Light can on the side <laughs> of the road. I think, oh, that's our town. <laughs> I think there's somebody who lost 10 cents, and they should be putting that back in the recycle bin because that's where it Just belongs. Just get it out of your car as quickly as possible. I'm thinking I should probably back up and pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so in, in our town, of course, is written to be strictly minimalist. Mm. Again, because Thornton Wilder did not want to detract from his story. Right. Um, and like say, in any Reader's Theater production we do, for example, as well, you know, we put everybody essentially in the same outfit, the script's on there represented with the, the reading it from their hands. Uh, you know, the, the, imagine, the audience is doing the rest of their mind and imagination. It's a skill we learn early as kids. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you're reading to your children mm -hmm. or, or were read to as a child. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, because it's all about imagine, developing that imagination. So part of me sometimes thinks when I see some of the, what the efforts people go through to create realism on stage, it's like, you know, help us with imagination. You know, we all have an imagination. Let's use it. I think theater is there to use imagination. At what point, <clears throat> excuse me, do you just need to let your trust your audience? Yes. To where instead of spelling everything out for people, almost insulting their intelligence, just let it be yeah. and let the story speak for itself. So an example I, I will use is uh, marching bands. Mm -hmm. uh, all of my kids have gone through the marching band program, and I am a proponent, obviously, of, of music, but... Uh, it's when you start dressing things up and you bring the color guard in and you bring in uses of props while you're doing your show. To me, that says, okay, the quality of your music is not there mm -hmm. because now you're trying to distract me with these flags and these twirlers and everything and dancing. Whereas, just play the music, you know, and, and, and live on that. And I think sometimes set design, costuming can do that to where maybe our acting isn't as strong as it should be, so we're going to make it look pretty. And maybe you're going to look at that and you're not going to notice that, well, maybe that's just not the right cast that we have. Yeah. Oh, and also to to degree, you know, not besides just setting fluff, let your set, if you're directing a show, let your set designers go wild. You tell them, okay, we need to suggest a living room. You know, don't say we need to create a living room. Say we need to suggest one. See mm -hmm. what happens. See what they come up with. Well, I think it helps, too, when your um, actors can focus just on acting and they're not doing costumes and set and props. Yes. <laughs> you have a strong uh, backup crew. Uh, that makes a big difference. Right. Well, and then that's true. Oh, Bob, I'm sorry. I was just uh, experiences down in Croswell the first time I was there. Um, basically, I was shocked because they came up, okay, and they told me, okay, this is where you... you have a dressing room, and so I was expecting everybody to be in there, and like, oh, no, no, that's yours. I'm like, ooh, okay, well, 
what about my costume? I was thinking something like this. And, Bob, if it's okay, I've got something, somebody coming in from New York tomorrow that's going to be designing your costume and makeup. Like, oh, <laughs> you just worry about what you have to worry about. Yeah. Well, and that's obviously the ideal situation. Yeah, for that, definitely not community theater. I remember when we did One Slight Hitch, and I had to have a laundry basket and a clipboard, and I brought my own, and they laughed at me. They're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, where I'm from, you get your own props, and if you can't get, you can't find something, then you ask for help. You know? And they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's yeah, well, not how it works here. Yeah, well, and that, yeah. that's a difference between different community theaters, because Croswell's amateur theater, so is uh, um, Toledo Rep and all. But the, the difference is the size of the community theater. You know, I presume that if you're going to, you know, if you're going to one of those places, yeah, you don't worry. You worry about the acting. I'm, every now and then you might be asked, hey, do you have this costume piece? Um, but but that's, that's the difference in budgets, um, ideally. But again, are you building a, to go back to the idea on the sets and the costumes, are you showing off your budget or are you showing off what's best for the show? Right. No, that's that's cute. Yeah. Um, you true. know, for example, by the time you hear this, we have got the rights to gods of Car- or God of Carnage. Um, you know, it's about a dysfunctional family. So maybe the living room that we have is done like a, for those of you who are old enough to remember or have the DVDs or are streaming it on freebie or something, Batman, where things are, maybe paintings are hung crookedly. Uh, maybe it's black walls with a, and I'm not familiar with the script as I should be to say that, but you know, maybe, maybe things are ajar to show that there's this, this dysfunction going on in the family. Um, you know, so it's not necessarily, okay, we created this full living room that looks normal because maybe we don't want it to look normal. Maybe we want this set to help suggest here's, there's something wrong here. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I like that. Um, and it's the same thing. So even with the arsenic old lace, um, you say, okay, we're going to show this great Victorian-looking mansion because that's who these ladies are. Well, have you decided the colors? Are you going to match the palette with the costuming? You know, maybe there's certain colors that suggest um, the ants versus suggesting something else. You know, maybe maybe you want that house to be more of a reflection of the characters, or you choose only dark colors to help suggest set that mood because even though it's a funny comedy. There's something very wrong here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very. You know, and you want that understood right from the first moment. You know, it should, maybe it should look like a haunted house. I, uh, excuse me. When we did it, uh, when I did it up in Ipsy, we went with, for that, for that set, we painted in black and whites and dark purples in the, in the, you know, kind of shadowed it with dark purples and gave it a real almost black and white kind of gothic yeah, look. Yeah. Sounds like the Adams family. Yeah, it kind of has that sort of yeah, it's that sort of feel to it. Yeah, well, yeah. and even the Adams family, I, I see productions of the new the new musical. I say new. It's probably like <laughs> 10 years old now, right? Um, and they do bright colors. Why would you ever use bright colors yeah, in the Adams family mansion? Yeah. No. And for the ghosts, I can see using the ghosts in the white and the neon yeah, blue, but the walls shouldn't be. No, no, well, no. Should be flame orange. Mm-hmm. And they should be muted. Right, uh, flame orange, again. but was sprayed with dust. Yeah, a lot of dust. I'll tell you later. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah. anyway, I've been told Ron doesn't talk enough, so I need Ron to talk more. <laughs> hi, <laughs> say hi. How to, y'all doing? Say hi to Bill. 
<laughs> Hi, Bill. How are That's you? For you, Dr. McCluskey. <laughs> and now you can delete it again. <laughs> we have to mention Bill. <laughs> yeah, we have to. We Ooh. Ratings go up when we do. <laughs> By one. <laughs> yep, there's our other point. There it is. Excuse me. Still a 55% um, increase. <laughs> but you know what? Back to what you were. <laughs> wow. Bob. <laughs> What? <laughs> but what you were back to what you were saying about letting the audience uh, uh, use that imagination. You're right. We do learn that not only by reading, but how many of us, when we were kids, what did we, what did we do when we were kids around the neighborhoods? For those of us who lived in neighborhoods, whatever, or on playgrounds, we played cops and robbers. We played cowboys and Indians. We, you know, I my the kids that I played with, well, you know, we played Star Trek. Or we would play, you know, superheroes. Someone was Batman, someone was Superman. We would run around and pretend we were fighting the bad guys. You did so, it all in your imagination. Yeah, and it was all in the imagination. So if you've got the actors that can pull off those characters, the audience, th- that imagination is, whether it's deep in there or not, it's still there. Yeah. Well, I think, too, that, that the directors need to set up the audience, too, with their director's notes in the program. I yes. think that is so key. To bringing people now, yeah, I know you're 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 shaking your head, mm. but you know there's there's a vision that the director had when they did what they did and made the decisions. Like you said, you didn't understand the piles of chairs, but there was a fantastic story that went with it that, that was missed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that helps set the audience and get them. They're all coming from multiple directions when they come to a show with multiple backgrounds. How do you cue them in on what they're about to see? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and obviously, I was the one shaking my head, Stephen. Um, but because I think a good play should tell its story without um, someone saying, "Here was my vision," but the vision should be obvious. Mm-hmm. But uh, to your point, something that's interesting like that—that that I had no idea why these chairs were on stage. I just thought, okay, well, that's was their interpretation of you know set pieces for people who needed set pieces. But don't you think a director's notes back to hers can that, set, it would have clarified that for me? Sure, but it can also it can I think help set the time or the 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 mood of a. I know when I my director's notes for Twilight was all about what. Okay. Um, was uh, there's so much movement going on around here, guys? It's just you wouldn't believe everything that's going on. It in looks this like room Bob right was now. making a run for it. <laughs> I know. It's like probably well, talking about Twilight again. I'm out of here. Um, the uh, but no, uh, that doesn't happen until I bring up Annie. <laughs> you know, I played Daddy oh, Warbucks there twice. We go. There, we go. there goes Bob. There it is. Uh, no, but uh, when I my notes for Twilight talked about the time period, what was going on for the LGBTQ community at that time. And I kind of, I, I didn't want it to say, here's what we're throwing in your face, but I wanted a, a more of a round, you know, kind of round out where we're at in this show, where time is in this show. Well, and I think then, then I think, so when you're, but again, the set design, you know, should lend to that period of time. Um, but, you know, because people should be able to go there, but yeah, for what else is going on in that, that time era, then I guess I, directors don't have their place. I do read them. I just don't write them. <laughs> I, I find them very interesting. I like them. I like director's notes, too. Actually, Dave's director's notes are always on to the next show. <laughs> Almost. Are we done with this one yet? I'm way past it. I'm way past it. <laughs> and, got, and then, of course, I've got 20% of my lines done. I'm finished. I'm done. And, <laughs> and then, of course, 
he ends his director's notes with, and by the way, folks, Act 2 is way, way too, too long. long. <laughs> 20 minutes too. Please remember our studio's motto, once we have your money, we never give it back. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> but, That's funny. But no, so so again, I, I think it was Ron's earlier point, you know, let's not forget our audience and let's not sh- sell them short on what they'll understand and what they don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, a bookcase is nice, but if it's never actually referred to or used, it's just a backdrop. Okay, so you're it, making, it needs to have another purpose than just being there on the wall. Are you making this comment about the stained glass windows in doubt now? Is that where that's going? No. From? No. <laughs> well, and again, but that's all we had. Yeah, the stained I, glass I was going to say, that's, that yeah. was the symbol. That was... <laughs> that was the symbol was, here's the church. Yeah. Stained yeah. glass window. One glass stained glass window. Um, even though they were technically in a, this church's school, but you know there was stained glass window. Around. No, I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah. Um, Again, and I, th- but you know, then there was a desk to suggest an office, a chair to suggest uh, a bench to suggest a garden. I, I think the set was. I that thought it sim- was beautiful. Set set. Was that and simple. then Kathleen kept yeah. bringing more things in all the time. She did. Sardines. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I do think that's a very good example of how to do it right, uh, because that show was all about the priest and the the nun. Who, it was a black and, and white issue. Black or white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, was he guilty yeah. or innocent? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. See, I thought it was about whether you should sing "Crosty the Snowman" at Christmas time or not. <laughs> I, I totally, Sacrilege! I, I totally missed the, the the meaning of that show. It's Rudolph or nothing. <laughs> that explains a few things. <laughs> <laughs> zing. There's the zing. Oh, I've been zinged. Oh. Maybe that's our new thing. But but that that is really the. So, so that was my my thought. Was like, I think we all need to consider: is the set lending to the story, or are you just making a set to make a set? Is yeah. it lending or distracting? Yes, right. lending mm-hmm. or distracting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyone who's going to the show and when I tell you though, folks, when you come out and say someone's telling you this, and you all know that I've said it, <laughs> what do you think of the show? Well, that was a beautiful set. Mm-hmm. You, you might, may, you may have missed the, you may have missed the, you may miss the mark. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody should come out thinking, what a great set. Yeah. Which is interesting because, you know, two two episodes ago, I talked about my first show I saw on Broadway, which was Town. What a great set. And I said, what a, now I also did say, I love the music. I love the acting. It was all solid. Everything on that show was solid. But yeah, I walked out of there thinking, wow, that set was, well, you know. That story really had to transform you out of your everyday life. And also, it needed a fantastic set. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. But yeah. but I've seen the pictures of the set, which are available on our Facebook page, by the way. Um, if you look at that set, though, it was very much a representation. It very much was. Yes, it had. You know, that was not reality in any way, shape, or form. Yes, except you know, there, we did have, you see the we pictures? have real yeah. ground in in the world. Okay. <clears throat> you know, it suggested it suggested this New Orleans vibe, but it was not. But it wasn't. It was, it was, it was not New Orleans. I've been to New Orleans. This set was not New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans. But it did have moments, you know, that balcony where, where Hades and all that, you'll yep. see where, I mean, it had that flavor where you could kind of get that feel without it being, you yeah. know, right. So, yeah. Of course, you know, there was also all that, the flash of the turntables and the dropping of the sure. floor and, you know, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and I, I think maybe that's partly, uh, 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 I was going to say, uh, advocational <laughs> um, hazard is because we are show people. Um, we like to go and we look at the show. Mm-hmm. You know, we we are we are there looking at all the other things. You know, right. I go to a show at, at, at the Fisher, the Stranahan, wherever, and I, 
I'm looking at the technical stuff as much as anything else because yeah. I'm interested. How can we do that too? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Um, but I would hope the average theater goer should just leave saying that was a great show, mm-hmm. and and you know, the, and break it down into its components later if they want. Right. But but it's like the set should not detract from the show. Exactly. If all someone can say about your show is you had a great set. Nice costumes. Nice costumes. Mm. Where did did you get that fabric? That was just a great (laughs) skirt that they wore. The ship looked nice. Yeah. (laughs) I love those drapes. My grandmother used to have those drapes. (laughs) Okay, now I'm going into the tangerous. I just saw them in the window. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, classic. I just saw it in the window. I just had to have them. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Sorry for the young folks. Look up Carol Burnett, Gone with the Wind. You don't know what you missed. <laughs> Went with the wind. Went with the wind. Went with, Went the, wind. with the wind. Mm. Just funny, funny, funny. <sighs> wonder if that's available. Yes, <laughs> I have it. It is? The script? Oh, the script? No, I have the DVD of the sh- I know show. the DVD is available. I'm just, okay. I'm just thinking that we should be doing I'm, a show of all our favorite bits from television. I think there is the show. There is a Carol Burnett show out there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Greatest bits because I know they have Mama in it. Because mm. yeah. I could just see Lou White as Mama. Oh, she would have made that her own, and Carol mm. would have to be retired now. But yeah. about your merit, Lou. Oh, no, I'm not going to go. Tan- I could go. I could go into a deep tangent that would go totally off of. But okay. Uh, other than oh, I miss you, Leslie Jordan. Mm. Oh yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, I can see that. Too. Sad. I don't know if anybody watches Cat. Uh, Cat. Home, Call Home me Cat. Cat. I preferred the British version. Uh, but do you, do you watch? Do you watch this version? I do, and I don't know why. Did you? Well, <laughs> I like her. I just find and, her. And that's the reason I watch enticing. it because I like me and Bill. Well, and I love yeah, Leslie like, Jordan as well. I mean, Leslie Jordan to me was the reason yeah. I really watched it. But, but and and it's not a bad show. It's just not it's a just, great it's, show. Yeah, it's, it's show. like mediocre. Yeah. But did you see the final up this last episode where they? I have not yet. We're, Get those Kleenex I'm, out. I'm, I'm Don't sure spoil it's, it. It's, I mean, I saw the the description, so I have an idea of what's going to happen. So. Yeah. And what show is this again? Call me. Call Cat. me Cat. It's Call me show, Cat. It's the show that Leslie Jordan had been working on. Yeah, had been in. Then when he died, so this last episode, I presume, is it was the farewell. Aww. It was the farewell. Yeah. And so they couldn't go on because of Leslie. Well, no, they went on. I mean, the show's going to continue on, but they oh, they just... they took that character and they wrapped up that character, mm-hmm. and they kind of did their own goodbye to Leslie Jordan, yeah. and it was it was really. Yeah. And for those who are wondering, this is being recorded on January 9th, If you're looking back for the Call Me Cat, yes. Yeah, so, so um, not in theaters anywhere near not in you. Theaters, and or maybe so, so, hmm? where you were just talking about Hades Town. They could have gone to Hades to watch it. All right, that is just falling flat. <laughs> abort, abort, abort. <laughs> well, that's our trip to the tangent verse for this episode. Back to you, Dave. <laughs> I didn't know. I just didn't know. <laughs> and which brings up an interesting concept, um, which to make it a little happier <laughs> ending, and then talking about all those who have gone. Um, uh, we in community theater in Monroe have lost several good people this year. Hmm. Um, uh, Last year. Last year. Last year. Last year. It's 2023 now. And uh, I know a lot of you have done that as well. But here's to new beginnings um, and uh, making those new friendships. But 
on the happier note side is I, I'm curious for those of you out there who are listening, both of you, if you, <laughs> I know our numbers are looking very good actually, but we, we need them. Up. We need we need them even more. Thanks, Bill. We're, we're thinking that we might want to get in some merch because you know all the podcasts have merch these days, mm. and those you don't know what merch is, is you better get out there. It's merchandise, and and we'd love you to I join it was us. Shakespeare's Venice thing. <laughs> So, would you prefer a button or a T-shirt that says "Welcome to the Tangent Verse," oh. or "I'm going to the Tangent Verse now"? You know, uh, going to the Tangent Verse with the groupies. Yeah, yeah. Going to the Tangent Verse with to meet my groupies. I, uh, we're still waiting for Kathleen's. I thought she was supposed to buy us a T-shirt uh, two two episodes yeah. ago. We told her she's a groupie. She has to buy us T-shirts. And yeah, she does. We're still waiting for that. Yeah, so keep waiting. <laughs> So, so the question is, you know, and, and you, you probably have noticed the past couple episodes we haven't been asking the question of the episode because, you know, the response was so overwhelming. <laughs> I didn't have enough time. I just didn't have enough time to get to increase. it. But so I, I'm going to kind of, kind of ring it back because, you know, you know, would you help support the show by buying merchandise? Um, Please. We will continue to offer it in an event because we're not about the money, but, you know. It's about the money. <laughs> <laughs> Rights are not che- getting cheaper. <laughs> Pretty mm. uh, theater thing. Right. So, but but um, and I think unfortunately that that actually we are kind of running out of time here because we discovered when we post it sometimes it duplicates so we don't want to have a five hour show there. Um, <laughs> and no, but to Brian's credit, he figured that problem out now. Um, if you see anything that's over two hours, though, no, you probably only have to listen halfway through. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> no, seriously, okay. yeah, we, we got a couple yeah. episodes out there that look like, like two like hours two and twenty hours. minutes, and it's like no, no, it's this only is an not hour Joe Rogan's five. podcast. Oh, we, we don't go on for hours on end. Okay, so don't be afraid to start to listen to it because no. it won't take you two hours. Won't to get take you. It. No. All right, we try to keep go. it around an hour. When you start hearing it sound like I've just heard this, then that means turn it off. Turn it off. You did, yeah, but, but still like it. It's not deja vu. <laughs> um, share it. Uh, whatever you need to do. Um, because we, we, we appreciate love each and one of you. Uh, so we thank you for listening in as we, I know what I'm supposed to say it. It's right here in this. It's, it's in my, it's right in my there. podcasting for dummies book. But, but seriously, stereo. We, yeah, it was, it, we, we love you all, but in a non-threatening platonic way. Mm-hmm. Most of virtual, um, hug. <laughs> most virtual hug for all um, two of you. If you like this, you know, please continue to rate us, uh, make comments, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to us, help spread the word that we are here. Uh, check out the Monroe Community Players on our Facebook page and our website at monroecommunityplayers.org. And there's more Groupies Fun, we hope, at our MCP podcast page on Facebook. And please email us with your comments and thoughts about this or any other other episode at our new email address as announced last episode mcp podcast all one word at monroecommunityplayers.org first person to email us at that address may find themselves the proud owner of a new monroe community players mug that has been sitting on our shelves for 25 years it's an antique it's a collectible uh, we'll even dust it off and be sure to let us know if it's okay. Yeah, we, we have to dust it off. Aww. Be sure to let us know if it's okay to read your email on the podcast. It's more um, authentic. But, but we, love, we, we love to hear from you. Um, the Art and Business of Community Theater has been a production of the Monroe Community Players and was recorded high atop the Benish Building at the Monroe Public Access Cable Television Podcast Studio in beautiful downtown Monroe, Michigan. So once again, from our friends in Indiana, with, for the love of theater, we are the Groupies, and we will see you in the green room.
even though ours is kind of beige. Well, goodbye. And don't think it hasn't been a little slice of heaven, because it has.